When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. <clears throat> Yeah, I feel really good about our options. Uh, there are certainly a variety of ways you can uh, pivot, you know, like bringing in Chris. Um, and so it's kind of remains to be seen because we still got some work to do and get some people in here. And and uh, it could change week to week, too, just based on what we feel is our best option against that defense, against that look. So it's probably a pretty fluid situation. Kirk Cousins talking about the Vikings tight end situation. Welcome into the second ever edition that we are doing. Purple Access is the show. Zolgad, my good friend, Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins, Declan Goff, executive producer of the program. Uh, And Chipper, let's start with that one. I I contend that the loss of Irv Smith Jr., based on what I had seen at training camp, is a very, very big deal. I think he was prepared for a breakout season. Obviously, uh, Kyle is gone now. It was going to, to me, lead to really what the Vikings had intended from day one for Kirk Cousins to have a receiving tight end who was essentially a hybrid tight end wide receiver. Uh, This is one that I think there's there's no sugarcoating it or getting around it. This is a significant loss. Yeah, and I think, obviously, you never want this to happen, but if it's going to happen, at least they have a couple weeks here to make a trade and, and get Herndon a little more uh, as acclimated as he can to the offense. But, yeah, anybody who watched any training camp practices saw that Irv Smith was going to have a bigger role this year. I mean, he was he looked really good. He looked comfortable. The trust factor with Cousins seemed to be there. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious he was going to be the third option, right, as yes. in the passing game. And so he just looked really good, and, and like you said, uh, ready for a breakout season. So this is a it's a setback for the offense. I mean, there's no other way you can say it. I don't know a lot about Herndon. Um, I saw Zimmer's press conference the other day and said he basically was okay in every area, Didn't wasn't really glowing or effusive, effusive in the praise. But, um, but, you know, so now they have, what, a week and a half uh, to try to figure out. And you obviously don't scrap the offense but I think uh, you have to figure out if, if Herndon or Conklin can step up and give you some semblance of what you thought you were going to get from Irv I don't you're not going to replace him neither one of those guys were as good but 
So it's going to be some probably late nights at the office for Kubiak and those guys trying to figure out, okay, now how do you adjust to this? But it, it's it's better than having this happen during the season and you only have a few days. So on Conklin, I, I think that there's a feeling that those of us who say Irv Smith is a huge loss think that Conklin is not good, which I don't think that. I think he definitely can contribute. I just think Irv Smith has a skill set that lends itself to football in 2021 and yeah. in the tight end position. I think that Tyler Conklin is a tight end. I don't think he's a hybrid. I don't think, and that doesn't make him not valuable or not good. So I want to make it clear. Nobody's ripping Tyler Conklin, but with Kyle cleared out as well, I just think it opened the door for Irv Smith to sort of at least take a stab at jumping into that group of elite tight end receivers. And I don't think that Conklin or Herndon is going to be able to replace that. No, and I I actually like Conklin a lot. Uh, What we saw from him at the end of last year, you thought, man, this guy's, he's got a chance to be pretty good. But Smith definitely fits that mold of this new age tight end where it's a receiver, you know, a big receiver basically, and is labeled as a tight end, the hybrid. And so, and I, and I just, I go back to how he looked in training camp. You just felt like this guy is going to be a big part of the offense. Um, and so it's, it's not an indictment on Conklin or, or Herndon as much as is is saying we thought Irv Smith was <laughs> is emerging into being a really important part of this offense. And now you take that away. And so uh, anytime you take a guy that you think has a significant part of the significant role in your offense, it's going to be a blow. You're just not going to be as good as offense. I mean, I think that's obvious. Um, doesn't mean you can't still be a really good offense. It's just, um, you've got to figure out, you got to figure out different ways and figure out if these, this tight end group can allow you to do the things that you wanted to do when Irv was there. And I, I don't know what the answer, if that's yes, or if that's maybe, or if that's right. flat, no, I don't know. Right. And I think he, he was going to be a tremendous security blanket because of his abilities, Irv, to, for Kirk Cousins. And now Conklin's still going to catch passes and yeah. Her, Herndon will too. Uh, but I just, I wonder if some of those passes that were supposed to go to, um, to Irv Smith Jr. are now going to go to KJ Osborne, DD Westbrook, or, or, and we haven't talked about this as much, Dalvin Cook. Because Dalvin Cook can well, catch, and and I feel I feel like the Vikings. Because in the clip that Dex played, Cousins talked about this, and and Zimmer has talked about this as well. But until I really see them utilize three receiver sets, I'm not going to completely buy it. Like it's one thing to be like we can use more three receiver sets. Yeah. This offense doesn't really rely on that, and so until I actually see them deploy those sets, I'm going to say I'm guessing that there's going to be more short passing. Conklin helps replace that, and Dalvin Cook does as well. And is that so much philosophical or personnel-wise, too? Is like, who's your three and four, and do you have that trust factor that to use them? I mean, I think Osborne's had a, a you know, done some nice things in camp. Westbrook, uh, where is he physically, do you think? Well, he really didn't do much in camp. Like, he started to practice towards the end. He didn't play in any games, so I think that he is – I think that he is a work in progress. I mean, I can almost guarantee you on September 12th in Cincinnati, the three, the, the three receivers atop the depth chart are going to be Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne. Osborne Westbrook yeah. might eventually get into that, but I don't think it's going to be within the first couple of games. 
Yeah, and I think last week wasn't it Zimmer said they're going to try to ramp him up in practice to get him more, but you know, it's it, it those things are a process. When you come back from an injury, it's just not like you snap your finger and you're ready to go. You're in game shape, um, so it, it's going to uh, probably take a little bit of time for him to get where he wants to be and 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 uh, he expects to be. So it'll be, yeah. I mean, I think those are your top three right now, at least to start with, seem pretty clear cut. And then, um, and then I, I guess we'll just have to see Herndon. I just, I mean, I, I can't sit here and say I know much about him or I've seen him play. Obviously, just looking at stats, he had a, a nice rookie season, and it sounds like he's dealt with some injuries, maybe or ineffectiveness the last couple of years. But um, maybe this will be a new lease on life for him, and he can fill a role that. Um, you know, that they desperately need, but I just, I just don't know enough about him to even right. speculate on how big a role he can be in this offense. Right. Back to your question. Um, is this, is this personnel or philosophy? I think the Vikings personnel reflects offensively their philosophy. So, so I, that's what I'm saying is three receiver sets sound like fun, right? Let Kirk drive the ball yeah. downfield. And, and, but I mean, when's the last time that we saw that Mike likes to run the Kubiak yeah. scheme likes tight ends a lot, um, yeah. which, which is why I, I was so high on Irv Smith's potential. But I really do think that for all that, that they might talk about changing things and, and doing things differently, um, this offense is built on a philosophy of the tight ends incredibly important, two receivers are incredibly important. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. I, I sort of struggle to I sort of struggle with hey, KJ Osborne's going to replace Smith. And plus, look at it too, Chip. The the asks of those positions in some ways mm-hmm. are completely different. Like KJ Osborne's not going to become a security blanket for Kirk, which is what the tight end can do. So that's where I yeah. just, I just don't see them now going into a conference room and saying, "Okay, Irv Smith's gone. You know what? We need a lot more of high flying three sets." <laughs> well, well, especially with the head coach and, and and him being stubborn about what he wants, and so uh, even though you lose your number one tight end. I just can't imagine Zimmer telling Kubiak, you know what? Scrap it. Let's get wild. Let's get weird here, Clint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I've been thinking this up. Let's go here, Coriel. <laughs> let's go against everything I believe in. Yep. Yeah, so no, I yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it's more I think it's more uh having trust in Conklin and Herndon and, and just being able to, you know, step in and fill the role that that they expect him to do and and but it's still i mean it's this is a mike zimmer team it's yeah. going to be meat and potatoes it's going to be the two main wide receivers it's going to be a lot of Dalvin. i don't think we may see some some new wrinkles and whatnot but i don't think we're going to just see a, a big fundamental shift in how they do things absolutely not um cuts are done now now we, we got the first batch on tuesday clearly w- with this long wait until the season starts now. They're getting more creative. Like they're cutting, yeah. those, they're cutting their specialists, but then they're bringing them back. I'm sure that's for for roster protection of some guys. Um, yeah. But now that we are recording this on Thursday, did anything surprise you as far as the cut? No. No. Uh, well, when, when I saw them and not knowing kind of what was happening behind the scenes, you're like, "What? They're cutting their punter? They cut uh, Everson?" But clearly, uh, they're it's just kind of jumping through hoops there a little bit to get um you're right roster protection guys but no i guess nothing really jumped out i mean i you know after watching browning i didn't think there's any way they're keeping him um 
So nothing, nothing. I mean, Dakota Dozier, I thought we we all just assumed he was going to be on the out. So um, nothing there. It's interesting. Mannion's back. Yeah. You know, and we knew they were going to. It's funny, you know, Mike Zimmer was asked about yesterday, I think it was about, is he comfortable with Kel Mom being your backup? He said, well, for today, basically, yeah. to excite someone. But I, I even go back to, you know, I, I guess Mannion's a sure thing if you have to use him than Mond. I don't know. Do you feel I, comfortable with Mond playing, though, in Mond's development? No. That, that's where I no. come in. I'm, not, I'm more worried about if this is really going to be, it'll, let's say in two years, he's your guy, okay? Yeah. I, I don't see the upside to playing him. I mean, be, because the philosophy of some is, well, he could get out there and he's athletic and he can run around and blah. And that's great to say, but we've seen guys who are clearly in over their head before where it's yeah. detrimental. And I'm just, I don't want to ruin him before he gets started. That's my No, point. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't want to put him out there before he's ready. And so it, we knew they were going to get a veteran. And, and I don't know what other veterans are even out there or available. Uh, there's guys that are better than Sean Mannion. They may look at it as like, if Cousins goes down, this thing's, even if you have a, a veteran, your sign off the street is probably in uh, in a tough spot anyway. So, um, but yeah, I mean, to your larger point, nothing really, there were no surprise cuts in there that, that grabbed your attention. Um, I think most of them are pretty much what everybody assumed was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, Let's go back to the decision to bring Mannion back after he got uh, cut by the Seahawks. So he was signed to the practice squad. So to your point is, I think you could get a veteran backup, but he would have to be on the 53 if he was cut. They clearly want to carry Mannion on the practice squad. And he is at a stage of his career where I think that probably works. And I think that's solely done, Chip, because if Kirk Cousins misses four games, they're screwed, okay? So, like, yeah. this this yeah. can't be a Teddy, Teddy's leg blew up and now we're going to play Sean Mannion. But I think what they're doing is, and this is where I think I'm fine with it. One, they're trying to protect a roster spot. I assume that the third quarterback would have to be on the 53. That's not going to happen. And yeah. two, two, this is being done, I think, solely because if you get to a Sunday morning and Kirk has – deemed to have to been um, close contact on COVID and he has, and he can't play. I think they're smart enough to say we have to activate Mannion to play because the last thing that we want to do is go knock on <clears throat> hotel room door and say, Hey kid, you're starting. Cause there's no time to adjust the game plan. Yeah. And, and speaking to bringing Mannion back here versus just whoever, another guy, you're better off having a guy that knows your system has been around. Correct. And knows your personnel, knows your offense. So if you get in a pinch and you say, holy cow, Cousins is down today because of a test or whatever, you would feel a lot more comfortable having a guy who's been in that room and knows the system and can just step in. So, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's, it's He's an emergency guy. I mean, that's what he is. And um, I do like – I think it is beneficial for these teams with the, with the new uh, practice squad rules where the size and – doesn't matter service time, right? Right. I mean, you know, ideally those practice squads are for young guys who are a year or two away from playing, but teams are, you know, are using it in a different way, and it's, it's probably good for them. Yeah, and I think it's here. So it's been the last two years that I think you can carry 16 guys, including six veterans now. 
Um, and I think that's here to stay as part of the probably fairly soon to come 18 game schedule. Well, yeah, there has to, if you keep adding games, there better be a trade off here because yeah. you gotta, you gotta have some, create some jobs because you're, you're going to run out of players. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the NFL that, you know, if they could play every day and every day of the week, you know, 12 months out of the year, they would because they'd make money. But, um, yeah, when you keep adding games, even now, even when it was 16, when you get to the end, those last three games, last four games, it is attrition. It's attrition. And I mean, you know, we were in the beat as beat writers, we were in that locker room a lot late in season. And you're thinking, how is this player going to play on Sunday when you see him on Monday or Tuesday or hobbling or whatever? It's like, this, they find a way, but it's, I'm not sure it's the, the uh, highest quality of football late no. in the season, but now, you, but now you're tacking on, especially, I mean, if you're in playoff contention, yeah, but if you're, if you're down and out and you're playing young guys because you're beat up or teams are, have been hit hard with injuries, they already were limping to the finish line with 16 and now you're adding more games. So, but they're going to 18, they're going to 18 to 17. Yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, it, it makes money. So they'll do it. Um, so to your point about what we saw, on the beat and in covering that league, I think the most impressive is the wrong word. I think the most impactful thing that I saw as far as what you're talking about, because you know, you got guys on crutches and you got guys with casts on and you got guys, but I, the day-to-day most impactful thing that I saw post game was the amount of guys who needed help putting their shirt on or the amount of guys who you could tell were walking like they were 85. But I mean, do you, do you remember the one game? Was it Tampa? Jared Allen played a really good game. And yeah. after the game, he he was talking to us, and he literally called somebody over and said, can you help me with my shirt? Because he couldn't get his arm back. Well, you'd say that, too, or, or guys when they would, uh, you know, some guys, I don't know if they still do as much, but would wear, you know, nice coats or sport coats or whatever. <laughs> the struggle to get those things on after a game sometimes where they'd have, they would need help, somebody to, you know, help them get their arm up in it and, yeah, it's it's you see just the carnage that takes place on their bodies week to week, and um, so the the league had to make concessions on roster sizes and practice squad and that type of thing because it's you can't keep asking and taking and taking and taking and not give them uh, give them some help on the other side in terms of expanded rosters. Yeah, that car wreck thing is no joke. Like that mm. playing in a game is literally like being in a car accident every Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. Hey, I, I want to get to the the expectations for the offense, but before I do, NFL players might need help putting on their shirts, Chip Scoggins. But all we need is what we need: somebody going to the refrigerator to grab us Minnesota's favorite IPA. Of course, all Vikings content, Purple Daily, and this show, uh, Purple Access, brought to you by our friends from Surly Surly Brewing. And I believe Chip will agree with me in saying that his favorite Surly to crack open, and it's getting to be fall football time to watch <laughs> lots of games, Surly Furious, right? Solid on not saying that, Surly Furious? Not only my favorite Surly beer, my favorite beer of all time, Surly Furious. It is wonderful. The best beer there is. Chip Scoggins a very smart man. You know why he's smart? Because <laughs> he doesn't settle. He gets Surly. <laughs> okay, the offense. Um, they got some more time, and unfortunately, Irv Smith got hurt against the Chiefs on Friday night. Do you think September twelfth, with a lot of guys, by the way, who didn't play back in, 
Do you think a switch gets flipped against the Bengals and the offense comes out looking not midseason form, but do you think that they look pretty good or do you have concerns? Yeah, you know, I, I would say I have uh, not. I know some people felt like the sky is falling because the, the offense looked, let's be honest, bad in the, in the preseason. But when you don't have Dalvin Cook and Je- Justin Jefferson, it's not going to look great. Right. <laughs> it's not, and, and you're playing your backup. So concerns, yeah. I mean, I still have concerns, questions, whatever, about the offensive line, how good that's you know, going to be. But um, if you tell me you're getting Dalvin and Justin Jefferson back in the office, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to look a little bit better than what we saw in the preseason. So I, I, think, I think they'll be fine. I still think this is a good offense, even without Irv Smith. Obviously, you're missing a big – piece of it but i don't think that's going to just completely the thing's going to unravel in a way that okay if you didn't have dalvin or if you didn't have justin jefferson now we're having a conversation right i still think you have your three best playmakers uh at, at wide receiver and running back and so i still i still have high expectations and think this should be a uh high scoring offense even without uh Irv smith yeah i guess the only thing that i am well there's two things i'm Concerns the wrong word. Interested to see. One, how does Rashad Hill hold up at left tackle? Because he's because he he's going to be there for a while at this rate. And mm-hmm. then two, and then two, does Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook being back? And the answer to this might be yes. Does that sharpen Kirk's play? Because I never really did see Kirk look sharp, but you but to your point, he also didn't have a bunch of guys who were really good. And so do do you put, you know, do you put Thielen Jefferson and Cook on the field and things click and they're fine? Um, or is there is there a potential going to take some time to develop a chemistry that seems to have been lost? And I don't know, know why. And this to me, to go back, Chipper, to Irv Smith, is why his loss is so big. Because every practice I watched, the one guy when Kirk was out there that he had chemistry with, no questions asked, was Irv Smith. I mean, those two look so good together. Yeah, I mean you saw the trust factor with, with those two and the timing and the chemistry and all that. So that was there. But yeah, I think, I think having the threat of Dalvin and the threat of handing it off is going to make the receivers better. It's going to make cousins better. I think it all works together. Now you're right. uh, The practices weren't, it wasn't as smooth as, as we thought it might be. I mean, there were, there were, you know, throws that cousins had, you're like, wow, you know, just not sharp. I, I never really know how much to read into practice performance. I mean, we I, I think I have a tendency to probably uh, overemphasize it sometimes. You know, like oh my gosh, this is this looks terrible or not. But um, you're not getting a, a true picture of we don't even know what they're working on or that type of thing. So, um, but I, I do think it may take a little bit just because you know it's your first game. You're, there's allowed to be some rust or timing or those type things that just aren't clicking hundred percent. But I, I think, you know, I think just Justin Jefferson is so darn good at route running and getting open and making catches that throw it in his vicinity. And that guy's going to make plays for you. And I, and I assume his health is okay. I mean, we haven't heard. Yeah, a I, I don't know. I mean, the shoulder, I think it's okay. My, my guess is it's not going to be back to, fully healed until the season is done but but that's a ton of guys uh yeah. But yeah i don't think okay so you brought up something that i'm curious to see though and, and i think this is something that eventually soured stefan Diggs. jefferson at this point is a little bit too young for it but 
the throw it up in his vicinity. And by the way, I I'll, I will say this to my dying day: Kirk can make that throw. It'll get picked off sometimes, but Kirk yeah. can make that throw. But that's why I'm curious if they allow that. Like, do they consistently say this kid is so good that we are going to to take some chances on, let's say, fifty fifty balls because we think he wins that one? Because if you do that, that's where like Moss. Who yeah. I'm not I'm not directly comparing them, but Justin Jefferson's really damn good. That's where like Moss was so special, right? 50-50 ball. He caught it again. Yeah, well, is that is that in Cousins' DNA to take those kind it's of chances? Not, but he can make the throw. And and at some yeah, point he's, time, he's, yeah. and at some point in time, you've got to say, hey, Kirk, you can make that throw. And more importantly, 18 can make the catch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that comes down to probably. You know, the more they're together and the more chemistry and all that, and, and Cousins just realizing, okay, he's going to win more times than not <laughs> when I throw it there and, and not being afraid to make a mistake type thing. Um, and the head coach allowed him. To well, that's the thing play. about it is think, think about the checks and balances on this team offensively. It's like yeah. they are, it's like they are always driving with the governor on. <laughs> And it's like, I want to go 75. Look, yeah, 55. Okay. We only go 55 in this house. It's like you're driving with your old man. And, and, and so, and so you've got Zim who's, who says, hold on a second. Delvin Cook has to run the ball. And then you're like, hold on. Justin Jefferson can make that catch. Delvin Cook has to run the ball. Then you got Kirk who we really don't know, but I think you're right. I think he's like, I don't really know if I, I want to make that throw. It's like, no, you can make it. And that's what makes Kirk special. Like, go to some of the hard throws Kirk's made. He's completed yeah. them. Not yeah, only oh, yeah. He, but he's completed them. Well, he's an accurate – you give him time, he's an accurate passer. That's probably why Kubiak, though, moved up to the press box, right? He's like, I can't hear you, Zim. <laughs> what he's, you, on the, not, he's on the field, he can grab him. He can be in his face, right? Here, here's my, here's my uh, 10-cent theory on that whole thing. I'm guessing because Clint was on the sideline previously that Kirk won him down there uh, to work with him directly. And then they saw it for a game and they're like, I don't know about this. Cause then you've got other people coming over to you. And yeah. so, so I like a young core. I do believe a young coordinator and the difference is so, and this is what sort of concerns me for Clint. Um, Kevin Stefanski worked on the sideline to call plays, but he had Gary upstairs. Yeah. Who's Clint's fallback? Well, and you're probably right about that, that that cousins they're just so used to talking to each other on the sideline. It's like, hey, why why do we let's just keep doing that? But if I was a coordinator, I would definitely want to be upstairs. Just because yes. you can see I mean, you can't you hear Zimmer saying it all the time. I mean, I, don't, I, mean he's, he, I think he's being truthful and it's like you miss so much when you're on the on the field. You can't see the opposite side, you can't see what's happening, you know, deep. And so it's if you're a coordinator, I don't know why you'd ever be. I mean, I understand you want to be, you can have face-to-face conversations with, with guys, but just to be able to see the entire field and have a better vantage point, I, I would much rather, I think it's much better for those guys to be up top. Absolutely. And if you are, and if you're young and now you've got, you know, Jefferson coming over and being like, I was open on the, and Thielen who, who does plenty yeah. of talking and then Cousins wants to talk to you. And I mean, you don't need that. That's, that, that's the thing is that job. People who are good at that job, like Shermer was great in 2017, make it look easy. Mm-hmm. We know that job's a bear. I mean, that's a tough job. And every distraction that gets put into the uh, um, situation, you know, makes it tougher and tougher. So I'm with you. 
34, you should be upstairs and, and as shielded as possible from all the <laughs> chaos. I mean, that, that sideline yeah. flat out is chaos. A sideline is chaos. You don't well, need that. Well, especially if you got guys coming up telling you you're open or the run this play, run that play. Or, I mean, I'm sure he has enough things swirling around in his head already without guys telling him they're open. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 I'm sure it's the, the right thing to do. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how the whole operation works uh, next Sunday and just having the full, you know, having everybody that's healthy and available um, and kind of seeing what that offense is. But it, it comes back to me, that offensive line. I think they dictate. I think we know what you're going to get from the quarterback, the wide receivers, the running back. It comes back to how good is that offensive line and is it measurably better than what, we, what we've seen the last couple of years. I don't think anybody can sit here and say yes right now. On defense, Chipper, what's the thing that you are most looking forward to seeing? I would say probably the defensive line, uh, watching Hunter, who seems as good as ever. I mean, just in the practices, I'm he's been look great. He's been a force. I mean, he's yep. been an absolute force in practice. And so just seeing him, he looks like, like he didn't have a neck injury to me. Um, but then the, the two big tackles and seeing. That's mine. That's, that, that's yeah. exactly mine. I, I think the big. I know just just the big tackles and having legitimate size in there and run stuffers and and I I think that will be such a huge um huge benefit for everybody around him on the pass rush and two just being able to you know stop the run a lot better and, and keep uh, linemen off their linebackers and so I, I think probably the defensive line and just because it was. So so bad last year and so yeah. un Mike Zimmer like from what we've seen uh, that I think this is going to be a more representative line than, than what we're used to seeing. I've decided my football guilty pleasure, fat guys who are good in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's my guilty pleasure. I love seeing a guy, a running back, just get swallowed up, right? Well, think about how much fun it was to watch the Williams wall. It was I mean, seriously. Williams, yeah. I mean, he yeah. was just, you know, <laughs> It was just funny how teams just completely abandoned the run against. Now they throw it fifty times a game because, but they knew they couldn't run it. But um, they, they, I remember Kevin and Pat used to always saying, "Blade of grass, blade of grass. We'll defend a blade of grass, grass uh, against the run." And they would. I mean, it was so hard to run against. So yeah, it was. was, I I was was seeing those big guys and seeing them in person when they would walk on the field at practice. Just how gigantic they are. Um, I'm sure Zimmer feels a lot better now about um, his defense, knowing he has those guys inside. Well, and Kevin was so athletic, and Pat could actually move. Like Pat was, yeah. a, and, and I think that from what I've seen in practice, I think Michael Pierce is sneaky um, in the fact he he can move. I I thought that he he would be an old school Grady Jackson, Ted Washington type who just anchored, yeah. but he actually can get some push. And he's got he's got way more ability beyond just being a huge mammoth human being than standing there. Well, and that's what that's what Zimmer and Spielman wanted. I mean, they want their as much as they want the mountains in there and just guys that don't uh, you know aren't you can't knock them off their spot. They also want guys that can rush the passion, and we've seen that. Conversely, 
with the Vikings line, how you can just absolutely collapse the pocket from inside and what that does to a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I think that was part of the reason they, they were attracted to, to Pierce is that they feel like he can give them some, some pass rush too. Hey, Chip, one last yeah. thing. Don't settle. Get surly. Okay. <laughs> you got to get surly. Tonight, post-game, go for football. I think Chip Scoggins needs a surly furious IPA. There's one in the refrigerator, man. I love to hear it. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Okay, we'll preview Bengals-Vikings finally here. All right, brother. Talk to you, bye.